Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast, a podcast where we explore habits and rhythms and practices to keep us rooted amidst the chaos and honestly unknown of this life that we live. My name is Jordan Lohman, and I have the honor and privilege of being the pastor of Community and Formation at United City, a church plant in the heart of downtown Greensboro. Uh, we are continuing our conversation here around Advent. Uh, Advent is a season of expectation, depending on on your perspective as you join into this podcast. Uh, perhaps you immediately think in this season of Christmas. Um, I know there's lots of different types of even Advent calendars out there. I've seen uh, a healthy variety here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe for you this season is about family and memories, or maybe some of those memories have to do with hurt and pain. As followers of the way, we know Advent is a season of waiting, awaiting the arrival of Christ. And in the last few weeks of podcasts, we spoke to some of the themes of Advent being love and hope and joy. Uh, today, we're exploring the fourth and final theme of Advent, and that theme is peace. Last week, Spencer referred to uh, what's known as the 400 years of silence, that blank piece of paper that sits in between the Old Testament and the New Testament in your Bible and the global church calendar. We are inching closer and closer to the first page of the New Testament, uh, where the book of Matthew and the other gospels share of the birth of Jesus. So just interesting to think that we sit somewhere towards the end of that 400 year gap uh, where there were no longer or weren't any recorded prophecies or uh, words from the Lord that that were spoken during that time. Um, I'm reminded of uh, a couple of verses of scripture in Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7 that I hear a lot during this season. The prophet Isaiah uh, prophesied, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So as we explore peace together today, um, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Uh, shalom is actually uh, appears, I think, around 200, 250 times in the Old Testament. In English, the word peace t- tends to mean something along the lines of the lack of war or conflict. Uh, shalom, yes, encompasses this, but also, I would say, goes far beyond not just fighting with other people. Shalom includes includes peace, but it also speaks to wholeness and well-being. Shalom is the ideal for our individual lives and for that of God's creation at large. It's a return to God's original creation before it was marred by humanity's sin. Shalom is, in essence, how things are meant to be, almost like a slice of heaven. Jesus came at a time when Jews, and particularly I would say the Zealots, really wanted rebellion. They wanted their Savior to be someone who would overturn the oppressive rule of the Romans and bring about peace almost in a violent way, right, as they're overturning the government. Uh, But Jesus had a different method of bringing peace. I would say that Jesus himself 
uh, not only was peace, but is peace, but he also brought peace inwardly for humanity uh, in our innermost being and restores peace vertically. So um, between God and humanity, there's a vertical restoration of peace and also horizontally from humanity to humanity, from human being to human being, there's a restoration of peace that takes place uh, with the coming of Jesus. The peace of Jesus is all consuming. It's expansive. It's multifaceted. Multifaceted. Um, in John 14, 27, Jesus himself says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you like the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. I believe that Jesus brings us peace through freedom and we are freed from the power of sin and death through his act of love on the cross. So eternal peace is found as Jesus Christ secures victory over sin and death and sickness. In his life, death, and resurrection, the work of Christ on earth was complete, and his second coming was assured through all of that. And now we do not need to fear or fret when things don't go well, which is what Jesus was referencing in John 14, 27. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Why is that? Because we can stand in the peace knowing that God's victory applies to us. It applies to our situation. It even applies to the greatest sin in the world and also to the minute details of our day-to-day lives. The world around us, guys, it doesn't sound like peace. It doesn't look like peace. It doesn't feel like peace. And that's because the world is not peace. But each one of our surroundings, whatever the worldly contexts we live in or we work in or we um, quote unquote play in, those are precisely the places where Jesus promises peace to those who put their trust in him. God doesn't abandon our daily lives or simply leave us to face the challenges of today while we wait on eternity to get here. Jesus Christ offers us peace amidst the trials, in the middle of those difficulties, in the middle of persecution. We can stand in the reality that Christ, who brings peace, has come and he will come again. The season of Advent and awaiting that second coming. God doesn't promise a life devoid of any difficulty. Uh, Instead, I would say he offers a life above difficulty. It's during the times when we, it's during those times and these times of difficulty that we can actually rest in the secure arms of the Father. And we know that we can find peace in those ways through our daily life. And I think for me, as practical or as impractical as it seems, peace in such a chaotic and hectic season that the world is created here of holidays and gift giving and keeping up with the Joneses, this idea of resting in the secure arms of the Father is the only way that we will find peace in our daily lives. I have this imagery even as I'm, I'm speaking uh, here into this microphone 
microphone and recording this podcast of uh, myself as a child, perhaps, and picking up this large rock, this large boulder, let's say it's 40 or 50 pounds, and it's difficult, it's almost impossible as a child to lift this boulder, but now imagine yourself uh, in front of this 40, 50 pound boulder, and you've got the help of your dad assisting you, and to your dad, a 40 or 50 pound boulder, it's, yeah, sure, it's still a big rock, but very possible, very doable, can absolutely be moved. The boulder itself didn't get any lighter. Um, the The challenge itself didn't change, but you now have someone beside you, someone bigger, stronger, and wiser that can help you through that trial. And I think that's our life, guys. Everywhere we turn, there are 40 and 50 pound boulders, and we have to decide whether or not we're going to struggle in isolation and suffer trying to pick up these big rocks on our own, or if we'll turn to God the Father who wants to help us, who desires to help us, and who will carry the weight of the world around us with us in his arms, pretty much. Uh, Paul speaks to the church of Philippi in Philippians 4, 6, and he says, worry about nothing. Instead, pray about everything. And I think that's a practical way of seeking internal peace in times like this. Worry about nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Don't sit in front of the boulder on your own. Turn to the Lord and allow him to uh, assist and pick that up and carry it for you you. Peace is an all-embracing wholeness of life. It reaches to the very core of our being and reaches out to the bonds that we have with one another and with God. In the areas where peace is still undone, which we know those areas are all around us, we eagerly anticipate the arrival of peace because we've seen its residue everywhere in our lives. We get glimpses of peace. We get glimpses of those little slices of heaven that I mentioned earlier that Shalom offers. We know that Christ has endured death on a cross to bring about peace, and we know that he can be trusted to complete the good work of peace in this world that he has already begun. I will say, though, God doesn't mean for us to just sit back and indulge in his peace. He actually calls us to work along with the Spirit to restore God's shalom here on earth. In the Sermon on the Mount, a famous uh, sermon that Jesus gives or teaching that he gives in Matthew 5, verse 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemakers. That means we must be making peace. And so as we reflect on God's peace this Advent season, may we, re- may we be reminded of our role to receive the peace that God offers, to receive that and enjoy it, but also to actively make peace as we await the fullness of God's shalom through the second Advent of Jesus Christ. I'm going to recite Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 over us again before we close out. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Heavenly Father, you are the God who gives us peace. And as recipients of your peace, may we in turn make peace in every facet of the world that you have sent us to. 
Go in the blessing of the Lord today. Have peace. Thank you.